you know, I've always been a bigger brother. So it's like I was wearing these shorts, these cargo shorts, this black shirt with a black graphic tee, and then these like reflective black dunks. Very Seattle. And I were very Seattle. I had my locks. I had, just, you know, my locks. I just got them twisted up. I was feeling fresh. And I remember walking on that campus and immediately felt like a bum. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I go by the name of Domo. And I go by the name of Yoshiko. And each week, we sit down with cultural ambassadors to talk about how they defied societal norms to live their lives with, with no, no blueprint. blueprint. That is a very hard question. I'll say that culture is probably a collection of practices and traditions. I would say that it's just what you do and how you do it and um, the finesse or the pizzazz in which you do what you do. And... I feel as if as that spans over time, it becomes a culture. So, you know, a lot of people talk about countercultures. And then as more people adapt that counterculture and as more people see it as the norm, it becomes culture. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like it's what you do in your traditions. Right. Nice. Where were the first places that you got your understanding of culture? I think it was something that I was understood throughout my life. I think my mother instilled the ideal of culture in me very early. Just really wanted me to know who I was as a black man in America. So we've always talked about it. We've always talked about it. Even in church, I grew up going to church for the first half of my life. And, uh, you know, we talked about it in church, talked about it in like our youth groups and things like that. And uh, I think it was just always there, always there. In school, I went to Madrona. So, you know, at first, I went to Mad- I went to school with my grandfather at first and then went to Madrona. And, you know, Madrona was, was, was blacker than black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, the school, I feel like the school was like 80% black back in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we always learned about our culture. We were always taught and it was always something that we talked about. For sure. And for, and for folks listening, where is Madrona? Uh, Madrona is in Madrona in the Central District of Seattle. Yeah, so I was in second grade, so that was what's that like nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety seven, something like that. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. And then paint paint that picture for me. Central, just like the whole Central District community okay. school growing up, growing in up. The area. Yeah. So it was interesting actually because my mom is not from my, my parents are not from Seattle, so they're she's from Kansas City. She moved here when she was about fifteen. My grandparents and my uncles, they all moved as well. And so initially, I grew up with the sense, I actually felt like I was not from Seattle growing Uh up. So I didn't really have that tie until later on in my life. I was just kind of, I used to lie and tell people I was from Detroit because my dad's from Detroit. (laughs) I first went to school in like at Zion Prep. And so Uh if you're from Seattle, like I feel like everybody went to Zion Prep. It was like... (laughs) It was the it was the the like preschool for black children. Like mm-hmm. you just went and everybody from all over the city. Yeah. And then also we went to church in the South End. Okay. And so quiet is kept. Yeah. <laughs> I've always loved the South End. Okay. Always <laughs> loved the South End. Because it was a, it was like it was like this it was like the South almost. Like yeah. like that feel, that that energy. Um yeah. but so I went to Zion Prep. And then uh, I went to school with my grandfather at BF Day over in Fremont. Mm. And so he taught there for a number of years. And so it wasn't until second grade when I went to Madrona that I actually finally went to school in the CD. Mm. That was definitely a different cultural change because I've never, like, 
in my older years hadn't gone to school with majority black students. Right. I mean, preschool doesn't really count, I feel like. But <laughs> when you're going, like, when you're in, like, actually in that learning yeah. environment. So it was, it was good. Like, you know, that was a class. We watched Roots <laughs> in that class. We watched in elementary school. In second in elementary grade? School. Actually, we watched, I watched Roots yeah. in, like, third or fourth grade. I don't know. I've seen Roots probably in my grandmother's house, but I had to be real young. Yeah, it was real yeah. young. Like, you know, we was always talking about, you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, you know, Meg Gravers and things like that, learning, mm-hmm. learning about these icons in our community. And that was my introduction into yeah. the CD. You know, everybody, and it's funny because, you know, you still, like, you go to that school, and everybody, like I said, everybody went to Madrona. Either you went to Madrona or Leshi. Right. And I feel like, or maybe, you know, Madrona, Leshi, TT minor. Right. And so. Oh, TT minor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nobody ever wanted to go to TT Minor because they didn't have no summers. They, didn't, Damn it. they did not get summers, but they used to get three week breaks in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. But um, it's like we're not gonna get you no summer. Yeah, man. I just remember, I just remember being able to get on the bus for a penny. Yeah. Because we would have to walk up that. Because if you know Union, it, you get to walk up a big hill to get there. Right. So. The bus drivers used to let us on for a penny at the bottom of the hill just to get up to school. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. I just remember going over to the Madrona Market. And everybody used to steal from that market. Steal candy and donuts. <laughs> and then you go over there, during run out of school during lunchtime, and then run back. Right. Or right before you hopped on the bus to go home. In elementary school? Elementary school. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, there was no rule. There was they no rules. We are not staying on campus. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Eat school lunch? Nah. Uh-uh. Oh no! Nope. I used to get the hot wings. They <laughs> <laughs> used to have these cold hot wings that you could buy over there, and I used to take those and take it back to the microwave. And then <laughs> Listen, where'd you get that, son? Your principal be like, "Yo, pick me up some chicken wings." Yeah, pretty. <laughs> on your way back. Don't tell nobody. Oh man. That's such a common story with folks from Seattle, mm-hmm. um, specifically black folk from Seattle. When we think about, oh, I'm not from Seattle. I've been here. I've, I lived in Kent since I was seven. Mm-hmm. But whenever anyone asked me where I was from, my family was from New Orleans and from Alexandria, Louisiana. And so it was like, where are you from? I'm from Louisiana because my our roots were not tied to the Pacific Northwest. And for so many of us, like... We don't trace multiple generations back mm-hmm. uh, in the Pacific Northwest, and so it was hard to really claim Seattle as home. So that's that's very interesting. That's interesting because I guess from my experience, I was born here, mm-hmm. but people don't assume that. They're always like, "Where mm-hmm. are you from?" And I'm like, "Seattle." No, but where are you from? Oh yeah. yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. I'm like Beacon Hill. <laughs> but no, but where are you fr- from? What are you? And I'm like, what, human? I don't understand. What are you trying to ask? I mean, I do know what they're trying to ask, right? Mm. But I just well, you gotta fuck give them with them. Time. Yeah. You gotta give them time. So I'm just like, huh? Earth? What? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that's funny that you could interpret that question in so many ways. Mm. Mm. Where are you from? How did your family get to Kansas City? And how Kansas long City. were they in Kansas City and Detroit? Oh, that's interesting. You know, I don't know the full story, but I know my grandmother was from. Uh, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and she went to college in Jackson, Missouri. I think it's called Jackson State, something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was born in Brownsville, Missouri, 
and he went to the same college. That's how they met. Okay. Um, and then they moved to Kansas City. I mean, wow. the, the bigger city, obviously, because they were te- but they were both teachers. Yeah. And my, they were both teachers, and my grandmother was a teacher in the Catholic schools, mm-hmm. and so she was a music teacher. Okay. And so you know they wanted to go to the bigger markets, have the bigger schools. So there you go. On my dad's side, I think my grandfather was from Illinois, from uh, from Ohio, somewhere in Ohio. And my grandmother was born in Detroit. So I think they just, I don't yeah. know, Detroit was, I mean, this is Motor City. Right. So they're, 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 they, were, they were during that time where Detroit was, if Detroit. you want, was Detroit. So <laughs> yeah. I think it was just a natural a natural energy to get there. So, so how come, yeah. why did your family come to Seattle? Man, my aunt was, my aunt is a jazz singer and she oh. sings internationally. And when she moved up here to be a part of the scene, and she would tell my grandfather about Seattle, and he was always a more, he liked new things, new things, mm. new experiences, wanted to try different things. He didn't want to live in, like, that kind of southern atmosphere anymore. Mm-hmm. And Jim so, Crow. huh? Yeah, yeah. And I think Kansas City's interesting because, like, Right in that Midwest, that Midwest line, Midwest South line kind of thing. But um, yeah, so I think she was telling him about Seattle. Um, He, they came up to visit her. They liked it. My grandmother and my mom moved up first. And then my grandfather and my uncles moved up next. Mm. And so they. Dang, the whole family migrated. The whole family moved. Yeah, because it was like, I wanted different, new opportunities. Yeah. New opportunities, a different, different, different landscape. You know what I'm saying? My grandfather was eating tofu back in the 50s. No black people was eating tofu back then. Right. Like, blam, blam. You know, but yeah, he always wanted new experiences. He always yeah. wanted something different for his life. He always was a forward thinker, a very positive man, very, um, very open-minded, and just wanted to experience all that he could. Right. And so I think he wanted to give that to his children as well, and he knew that Kansas City wasn't going to be that right. for them. Right. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's a lot of trouble, you know, so he wanted to kind of change the game a little bit, and so that's why they moved up here. Mm. What, wow. what year yeah. was that? So I would say 1985. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Reagan. 1985. <laughs> yeah. And they moved to Renton. Okay. So that was, they were out in Renton. My mom went to Renton High School. Oh, So, Renton. yeah, and then they, uh, they went to the Seed of Abraham, where my uncle played, my grandmother played, I think. I don't know if my grandmother played there. She went to. She always was in the Catholic school. Okay. Catholic um, scene. And you said your your grandparents went mm-hmm. to college. Yes. So tell me about the role of education in your family. Oh, it was big. It was always expected of me to go to college. Huh. It was always that was. I mean, I come from like my great grandmother went to college. Wow. So yeah. So it was like, yeah, they were educators. Yeah. They were all educators. Oh, yeah. My Teachers, great grandmother yeah. was a preacher. Yeah. You know, my grandparents are teachers. Yeah. My uncle is a teacher. My aunt, everybody teaches right now. Wow, <laughs> Pretty wow. much. So education wow. is very big. Knowledge is very big for us. Yes. It's always expected to know more. Always expected to read about what you want to know about. And right. kind of, uh, you know, just yeah, follow that lineage. Yeah. 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 What was that like growing up in... Seattle going to Seattle public schools, which like, I, and I, I, I'll let you take it from there. Oh man, 
it was horrible, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, uh, I, I, so I, I guess I, I started off like my grandpa. Like I said, my grandfather used to give me math books. He taught me how to play chess. I was always reading, and like I was very interested in education as a young. As a, I was very interested in learning and education as a young child. And then, so I went to Lowell, Lowell Elementary School after I went to Majona. So my mom pulled me out of Majona. She was like, nah. <laughs> it's a little too ratchet. I don't really, we're not in Seattle for that. I'm not going to do that. So she put me in the Lowell, which is an APP program. Right. And so um, it was advanced placement located on Capitol or North Capitol Hill. Basically, it was a public school. But you had to test to get in it, to get in the school. So it was a public school, but it's really a private school. Right. And so it really was like the way that they kind of said, hey. Educational loopholes. Educational loopholes. So, yeah. So I went there. And actually, when I was there, I was cool. So, like, you know, although I was the only black male child in my class, but I still loved education. I didn't know any different. Right. And so I do remember that third grad, that's when I realized that I was black. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. going into the class and realizing like, hey, people don't look, you know, you know, it's a different, it's a different vibe. Then I went to middle school and I went to Washington Middle School where they still had the APP program, right. but they also had spectrum and regular programs as well. Mm-hmm. But so, but spectrum and regular would sometimes be in the same class, mm-hmm. but APP was a totally different structure Mm -hmm. so it was like two schools within one and I was in the midst of all these like the school was like 60% black okay but I was in classes with all white kids that's crazy and I felt that's when I started to feel like it was a strong sense of like disconnect Mm -hmm. and anger and uh like sadness like I was going through it like I was going through it I didn't I would Go to the counselor and be like, I want out. I want. I, want, I don't want to be here anymore. I, mm-hmm. I want to be, just put me in the regular classes. Right. I don't care. Like, because I mean, it's not like, like I said, like these classes, it's not like they're extra hard or anything. Right. It's not like we're learning anything that I couldn't learn in another class, but it's just like you're in this class setting. And you're, and so and you're hard, a seventh man. grader, like I'm in middle in, school. Yeah, so. yeah, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, man. Right. It was hard. I struggled That's... very much so. Wow. And I actually started to hate school. Right. So, like, by the time I got to eighth grade, I hated school by that time. Wow. And you can see the trajectory of, like, my grades. Like, I started off real on a high level, mm-hmm. you know, A's, A's, A's. And then, you know, for me, getting all B's in eighth grade, I used to get in trouble for that. But right. Right. <laughs> getting all B's, that was, like, a downward trend for me. Right. And so, like, I hate, I really did hate school at that point. Like, so hey. <laughs> and it wasn't. Because of the material or like the the things you were learning, it was the environment itself. Mm. Yeah, it was the environment. I felt ostracized. Mm. I felt like why am I why am I the only one here? It's not even like I was treated differently. It was more, and it, I will I will admit that it was a lot in my own mind. Mm. Being like, why am I here? Like, why why am I not able to be with the people that I want to be with? Mm. Kick it with the people that I want to kick it with. You know, be in a class setting and learn together. Mm. But you're putting me in this whole other classroom, this whole other environment with people that, yes, I've been in school with these cats for years at this point. Mm-hmm. But at the at the same time, I've always, I always felt different. I always felt like the only one. I always felt alone. Mm-hmm. And it just, it didn't, 
it didn't it didn't feel good and right. I knew something was wrong with it and I was just like I don't like this at all right. and so um, it wasn't until eighth grade where one of my best friends to this day he moved to Seattle and he got into the APP program and he was he was black as well and so mm-hmm. we connected and I was like what nice. yes nice yes and nice. I'm like okay this is the best you know like let's do it <laughs> you know what I'm saying so um, nice yeah nice. yeah. So then you go to Garfield. Mm. Yeah. Right? Automatically, right? Because the APP program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although my mom did not want me to go to Garfield. She was Oh, to, really? I applied to Lakeside, oh. Old Day, Seattle, Seattle Academy, mm. which looking back, I wish I had applied myself to go to Seattle Academy because their arts program is crazy. But yeah, she sent me to all those. She said, and I was like, no, no, no. I want to go to Garfield. <laughs> I want to go to Garfield. And I was like, yeah, because it's like my stepdad went to Garfield. All his brothers and sisters went to Garfield. My cousin went to Garfield. Mm-hmm. Like, Garfield had the band. Garfield mm-hmm. had the football team. The basketball Garfield had team. every basketball yeah. team. It was the Bulldogs, the Pride, everything. I was like, we were right. I grew up literally like right on 20th and Main. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's right down the street from this promenade. And yeah. so, like, I'm right there. Like, yeah. I used to, I wanted to walk to school. Um, and then I, I, when we moved to middle school, I moved to uh, 24th and Marion. Mm-hmm. So that's on the other side of Garfield. So I was like a block away. <laughs> I want to go to Garfield. You're not sending me to know. Because it was like, I don't want to go into those other programs anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be where my people's is at. So I'm not going to, don't, don't push me over there. I want to come in here and like at least try my hand at this. Right. Which was a, I think it was a good decision for myself to do that. And so, because Garfield was a big, it was a, I mean, I still had, I still struggled with education in school because I had set it up in my mind to do that. It was a big change for me, I'll say. And then, like, what, what type of feedback and conversations were you having with your peers who weren't in these programs? They didn't understand. They didn't understand. I didn't really talk about it to them, Mm -hmm. honestly, like. The cast would be like, "Why should? Why are you not in our classes?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm just in different classes," or like, and people didn't even really notice, mm-hmm. like, because I think that they just thought that you know I was just, you know, in a, I don't know, like people just didn't really notice. Like mm-hmm. that's funny. That's funny. I never even thought about that. Yeah. That's funny. Like yeah. I never really had that conversation with my peers. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And I didn't. I think. I think it was. I didn't have. A lot of, I didn't have a lot of close friends at that school at mm. at Washington, mm-hmm. um, like really close friends. But um, even in high school, you didn't have the you never had those conversations. With? Well, in high school, it changed a little bit, yeah, because they had the African American Scholars Program, which they switched mm-hmm. into doing Urban Scholars. Okay, and so basically, what they did was they took a group of Black students and put them in cohorts, mm-hmm. and so we all had classes together within the AP system, oh. and so that's oh. how they switched it up. And so that kind of made it a little bit better. So we would have our little crew, okay. and it was different. And then you could choose your classes. Okay. And so that's why, like, because I was able oh, to choose my, my classes, I was able to do more things. I was able, and then I played football. So then it was like, okay, I had more activities to kind of ingratiate me into the into the different system. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. What yeah. position did you play? Line. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I quit. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was like, grand opening, I wanted grand to play closing. defense. I wanted to play defense. They were trying to make me a center. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. I don't want to. said, Ray Lewis, I don't, don't, I don't play center. <laughs> yes. 
Ray Lewis didn't play center. But you know, I quit for the band though, so I was like, okay. yeah. Oh, you joined band? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. What yeah. instrument? I played the saxophone and the drums. I chose the drums in nice. high school, but I still played the saxophone too. Nice. Oh. Do you still yeah. play? Not as much. Okay. Um, but if you picked I still it up, can. yeah, okay. I still can play. Yeah. I definitely don't want to skip over the fact that Washington Middle School and Garfield High School has a hell of a band. Um, mm-hmm. And is, mm-hmm. is known for their world class band. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that and w- what that was like. Man, it was dope. So actually, I mean, I didn't. So I didn't get into the jazz band. I was in concert band in, at Washington. I tried jazz band during the summertime. Mr. Nat was always on my head. So, you know, and I just never wanted to practice. <laughs> so practice. I didn't. Yeah, practice. <laughs> we talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. <laughs> um, the fact that Garfield had various bands. Yeah. I mean. Speak about that. Crazy. Well, no, I was just. Okay, so Cleveland. I went to Cleveland. You mm-hmm. know, sad Cleveland. We didn't have a music program until maybe the last year I was there. Mm-hmm. And even that was just like some half-assed attempt to just give kids music. Like, they had all these instruments donated. We didn't know what we were doing. I wanted to join. I was like, I wanted to play drums, too. And I was like, I want to do drums. I didn't I didn't learn. I don't know what I did in that class. Honestly, like, looking back, I'm like, did I learn anything? What happened? And so the fact that Garfield had at least two, I mean, I don't know how many mm-hmm. different music, see, probably like 15. Yes, you you have concert, jazz, what? Yeah, you had concert, uh-huh. jazz. Uh-huh. Different ja- different levels of jazz bands. What? Then you had, you had like regular kind of like concert band. So it was yeah, concert band, orchestra, and all the different levels of orchestra. Yeah. Then you had the jazz, all the different levels of jazz. Then you had marching band. What? And then you had jazz choir. Oh my gosh! And so it was like yeah. We had band mm-hmm. and we had we had orchestra and you had choir. Yeah. You got three. Choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did marching band wow. and choir. Okay. Yeah. Singer? Yes. Okay. Baritone. Nice. Yeah. I see, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Wow. What is that? I'm all sad now. See? Should have stayed at Garfield. Dang it. Yeah, man. I'm going to tell you, you should have you stayed at Garfield. <laughs> yeah, your life, Look. Your life would have been different. Come on. <sighs> no. Because the reason why I say this is because Garfield took me to three countries. Oh, what country? I went to Ghana. What? Well, no, two countries through Garfield. So Ghana and uh-huh. the Philippines. And so, wait, and this wait. Is program, just through the yeah, music program? Not through the music program. Oh. It was another program. See, and that's, a, that's what it said. Garfield had the <laughs> programs. I'm out, on leaving. Lock. On lock. <laughs> so going back a, to high school. <laughs> right? What? Yeah, man. It was a program called Global Technology Academy. Uh, um, and it was his brother. His name was, uh, no, not a brother, but Mr. Rye. He uh, set up so we would go into we would go to Ghana and the Philippines and set up computer labs in like local high schools and stuff like that. So it was a cultural oh. exchange and a technology exchange. Wow. And so we would go like I was in the Philippines for like two and a half weeks, and then wow. Ghana for two and a half weeks. What? And How, so what, what grades? This is uh, freshman year was the Philippines, and then junior year wow. was the was the, was Ghana. So tell me yeah. what that experience was. Had you left the country before? No. So no. tell me what that experience was like. Yo, it was dope. <laughs> it was dope. This is dope. The Philippines, man. So we, we were lucky enough to have a student with us that family was from the Philippines. Okay. And so when we got in, and we're still friends today, so yeah. it's like we got in, we met our uncles and stuff like that. And yeah. That was really cool. And then we took the drive. 
and uh, we took the drive from Manila down to like the southern region, like yeah. the Bicol region, and it was just dope. It was just dope. Like, man, as much as I can remember right now, like it's kind of hard without the pictures. Yeah, the food was amazing. Yeah, I swear, cats ate there more than I've ever eaten. Them <laughs> Never like it's like breakfast. Then manana, which is like a snack, but it's yeah. like a full meal. <laughs> and then <laughs> lunch, and then manana again. <laughs> and then dinner. <laughs> it was like, and everything had rice. Yeah. Every every dish, every you're always eating rice. Yeah. And it's like, wow, how can I eat this? I can't do it. Right. And me being the greedy kid that I am, I'm like, I'm eating as much as I can. <laughs> you gonna eat that? Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny because like before, I didn't eat pork. Yeah. But yeah, my mom and I had a conversation. I was like, she was like, so, you know, you're going to have to eat pork when you get there. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, yeah, that's a bad. He's like, because I'm not going to go to another country and not eat exactly. what they're serving me. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah so I'm just going to say. That's then. pretty uh, thoughtful of you as a, a ninth grader. Yeah. Because I know, I mean, even adults today really picky. So the fact that you were cognizant, like, I have to. Culturally, that's what they eat, mm-hmm. or you know, my, the dishes will be will consist of pork, yeah. so I must eat it. Cause I, yeah, there's some people. Mm-mm, I'm not gonna eat that. Yeah, there's a ton of pork and Filipino food. Yeah, there's a lot of pork and fish, man. The tuna mm. out there was yeah. crazy. Right, the tuna out there was amazing, and I just remember that. I think remember it was this one. It's called the Bicol Express. Mm. <laughs> it's like this stir fry of. I don't even remember what it was, but it was amazing. <laughs> and then tuna, and then yeah, like these like pork rib type things. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Do you still have pictures from that I trip? Do. Yeah, Listen, I do. Yeah, we need those. We need those. Word. How did that change your perception of the world and education and life? Well, so the interesting. So the, when I first got there, I landed. When we first got to the place where we were staying, mm-hmm. it was actually funny because um, it was the first time. I've ever been called the N word was in the Philippines. What? Yeah, and that was it happened multiple times as I was walking down the street. Wow! And so my teacher pulled me aside and was like, you know, and this is a white man. Yeah, it's cool, but he was real, yo, yeah, and he was just like, you know, you know, I understand what this, and I understand um, how this makes you feel, but you have to realize that some people just don't know any different mm. and that they're only like it's not I don't think he was like I don't think it's intentional I don't think they're trying to hurt you mm. and so I know I had to take that you know and kind of you know kind of dodge the bullet dodge dodge the, the bullets on that one but yeah. I'll say that that changed my perspective of what I take personal mm. and what I don't and I think that it's just much bigger like for me it's like It's bigger. There's more. Yeah. <laughs> it's bigger. I feel like. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I'm. I'm trying to figure it out. But like, the world is 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 just so big, and so the right. perspectives are big as well. Right. There's so many different perspectives, and honestly, like, I can't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, let's let's come back to that. Yeah. Let's come back yeah, to that. Yeah. Let's yeah. Come back to no, that's yeah. that's 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 super interesting. Yeah. Had you gone to the Philippines? Like, I know you were prepared to eat pork, but had mm-hmm. you gone to the Philippines with the mindset that I'm going to be black in this Asian country, mm-hmm. or did you? Was it something that wasn't even brought to your attention until 
that event happened. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't brought to my it wasn't brought to my attention until I had that experience. Wow. Because for me, I'm yeah. I, I am very cognitive, but at the same time, I can be very aloof. Right. And so it's like for me, I'm like. I'll just like walk into situations and be like, la la la, I'm cool, you know, whatever, whatever. You're gonna love me because I smile and I'm gonna give you a hug, blah, blah, blah. blah. So, you know, I just walk into situations, just, you know, just go. And so, yeah, no, I I wasn't even thinking about that. It hadn't even crossed my mind. But then it just, but after that day, the trip opened up Mm. and just it, like I had, we were paired up with students. And this this, uh, this cat named Anthony, mm. it was just all love. Yeah. It was all love after that. Like, nice. and I had the the best experience. Like, nice. it was all love. And so, That's like great. that. So, what I will say is, him talking to me yeah. and saying that and saying like, "Yo, just don't take this personal." Yeah, it just gave me the ability to just open my mind up mm. and accept the rest of the trip, right? And not be mad and not expect other people to judge me in the same way and just like interact with people for mm. who they were. It's like, okay, all right, you know. Compare that to your trip to Ghana. Ooh, Ghana and was love. What man. year was that? Oh man, I was junior year, so that was two. That's two thousand eight. Okay. And so, yeah, that was love, man. I remember, you know, <laughs> and I feel like it's it, it, it kind of a corny story, but yeah, we we arrived and Cash is playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every there's a big group waiting to waiting to. Uh, to accept us into the country, you know what I'm saying, and it was just like all love. People was like, "Oh, we are so glad you're here." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, it's like love. Give me, give me a hug." Yeah. It's like, man, I, I mean, it really did feel like I came home. I remember getting on the plane, looking to the sky, I'm like, "Yo, yo." I looked to the homie, I was like, "Yo, we're really in Ghana, in Africa." Like, yeah. yo, wow, <laughs> this is crazy. So up. it was really like that. Like it was like. Welcome home. Because yes. the way that people, you know, kind of embraced us was like that. So Ghana was was dope from from A to Z, man. What like, did you do? So we went, we, we landed in, in Accra. I don't think, did we stay? We didn't stay there at all. We didn't stay there at all. So we drove, immediately hopped on the bus and drove about 14 hours into the central. So this is an area called Dunkwa. And it was a, a, a boarding school. Um, for uh, students all over the country. Mm. And so that was just really dope. And so um, the same same program, we go to set up computer labs in the school. And we went around. So we went to Kumasi, which is like like a big like market town. Mm. So it's like a lot of trading, a lot of commerce and things like that, a lot of schools. And we went and kind of just toured around there. And we stayed at the school a lot, so we uh, we went to class and things like that. Luckily, in Ghana, they speak English, so mm-hmm. it was more it was it was it was good because you know we could just relate and mm-hmm. you know connect with the students. We kicked it. We went to <laughs> we went to like a little club. <laughs> we snuck out and went to a little club in in the city. It was fun. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just I got sick. They said uh, the doctor was like, "You have uh, a little bit of malaria." <laughs> What? A little bit a of malaria. That's exactly what he said. He said, you have a little bit of malaria. Damn it. I was like, what? <laughs> what is a little bit of malaria? What is that? This was in Ghana. This was in Ghana. A little bit. Like, what? <laughs> what is a little bit of malaria? Right. But yeah, um, funny because again, like, again, these are like two of the people I wanted to trip with. Still my friends today. Nice. Yeah. How many uh, students were on the trip? 
On both trips. Been like fifteen of us. Okay. Oh, because that's it's pretty. Of us. Yeah. Like small number. Yeah. They said it's a really yeah. good group. They said Damon went out to the club and caught malaria. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Caught a little bit of malaria. Sweet, I don't know. Damn. Um, Damn it. I just remember one of my one of my standing memories. Those two standing memories mm-hmm. was I mean three. Well, not the little bit of malaria, <laughs> and then I remember uh, just the choir, like that choir. And you know, because whenever you you hear like West African choirs, mm-hmm. like it's like Ghana, Nigeria, um, you'll get the you know it's like this, it's this energy in the choir and how they sing. It's crazy. And I remember just being in the hall and them singing, and it was just an amazing, amazing feeling. Um, and then you know having a crush. On, on on the women out there, <laughs> I remember my my good friend Calvin. He fell in love, like literally fell in love. I'm not coming and, home, Mama. Yes, and 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 kept in contact with her for a little bit after. I swear, if I called him right now and asked him, "Hey, hey, bro, when was the last time you talked to Lucky?" <laughs> he like, named what? her by name. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that because I mean, but it was crazy because and I. It was crazy, yeah. He said, yeah. "I was a boy. I was a boy at Garfield. Yeah. I was a man in Ghana. Bruh. Come Bruh. Bruh. Tore up Yo, his this is this is what had me fall in love with women with short hair because everybody everybody has their hair. nobody had hair. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, man, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm in love out here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at, at, at 15, 16. <laughs> <laughs> so going on your trip abroad, how did that affect your understanding of your own culture? I guess for me, it took me it t- it took me out, man. Mm-hmm. Like mindset wise, I felt like I felt like, all right, if this is what life can be like, mm-hmm. I am not bothered with what's going on back home. Mm-hmm. And I think I still have that today. Mm-hmm. Like I, I still live in my own world and my own perspective, and mm-hmm. I'm like I'm not bothered with a lot of the things that are going on because I just if I do, I'm very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So if I do, then it'll it'll affect my, my mood too much. So it's like for me, it gave me a sense of distance, and it, and from that, I can look at this at American culture, at Black American culture, mm-hmm. from kind of an outside view instead of just being in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's what that did. It gave me a, a bigger a bigger worldview, mm-hmm. a bigger perspective of other cultures so that then I can relate it to our culture mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> and be able to say, you know, okay, these are the things that I accept and these are the things that I don't accept and these right. are the things that I relate with and these are the things that I don't necessarily relate with mm-hmm. and kind of creating my own culture within a culture, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, like, I can't, like, honestly, I don't even, at that point in my, in my schooling and in my life, mm-hmm. like... I don't even remember class because I was always doing some something else. Yeah, and so at that point, like I had made it a point for me to just you know kind of just step out and mm-hmm. and, uh, and just know like okay, like there's another way. Like right. I said, there's another way. Like I just feel like the way cats hustle and the way the people move in these countries mm-hmm. and it's very similar between Ghana and Philippines if you go to the market district it's very mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. the hustle negotiating and like just the sheer like just being able to just just like recreating your own life mm-hmm. and not waiting for anybody to create anything for you right. and not waiting not depending on anything but yourself to get what you need and I think that that's 
what I saw, mm-hmm. and that's what I had, I adopted for myself. I was like, okay, I need to go get this. I right. need to go get whatever I want because the thing is, is that nobody's going to give it to me, and I'm not going to be comfortable until I get it myself. And so it's like, you know, that, and then also being out the country, is like, oh, I got to get back out the country. So it was like, for me, it was like, okay, I got to get back, and I got to, I got to, you know, so whatever I can do to get out the country again, to travel more, yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, and dance. so for me, it took me out. So it was like it took my mind out of the circumstances that I was in. It made mm. me a lot. It, it eased my pain a little bit, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. So the same year I went to Ghana, I went to Japan. Mm-hmm. So I went to Ghana in February. I went to Japan in July. Mm-hmm. And so that was dope because I had to, we had the at home, I had a, a, a hosting experience. So I stayed with the family for a week. Mm-hmm. And that was really dope because they were, they like, I felt like family, like right. immediately. Luckily, the mom, um, which I'm so sad on, it was a long time ago, so I don't remember everybody's name. She learned English mm-hmm. by listening to a radio every day. Nice. And so she would listen to the radio and she learned English. And so we were able to talk and she would like just really give me the ends on Japanese culture. Wow. And she, we would just really sit there and have conversation. I'm 16. I'm 16 at the time. Yeah. And she's literally sitting here having conversation about culture as if I'm, a, as if I'm an adult. Yeah. She would tell me about her husband and what her husband does, her yeah. children and how the children does and things yeah. like that. And it was just so dope, man. It yeah. was just like, I think there that gave me like that was another thing that kind of eased my pain when it came down to like being able to interact with different cultures and things yeah. like that and understanding that like I said like people don't have that perspective like it's not America this is not right. America this right. is, this right. is yeah. a whole different culture with whole different pretenses a whole different perspective right. and so it's just that amount of love that she showed um, and the way she took me in and showed me around and took me shopping with her nice. she just is like like we were riding around in her car and like it was just it was just That's super dope. what part of Japan? we were in Kobe Okay. So we spent our we split the time between Kobe and Osaka, nice. and um, yeah, it was dope. And then we got to go off like into like this like other area right outside the city and like be on the water and stuff like that. Okay. And, you know, kind of be with kids because it was the YMCA. It was a program through the YMCA, and I'm pretty sure that they still have it. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure where to look, but if you look at one of their some of their travel programs, they go to like Japan, Thailand, things like that. So, oh wow. Yeah, we'll they take students. It. Yeah, That's yeah. It, yeah. So that was it. Was super dope. I've super been to. Dope. I went to Kobe. Um, I proposed in Japan, mm-hmm. and so when when we, I've been back to Japan a few times since uh, teaching English, mm-hmm. and we we went to Hiroshima this time. Okay. Because I had never been, and I was like, I've been to Japan so many different times. I have to. Go, I have to go see this memorial. Mm-hmm. And so on our way back to Tokyo from Hiroshima, mm-hmm. uh, we stopped in Kobe because I wanted some Kobe beef. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. And that shit was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it what? Wow. Yeah, it was. That. By the way, that museum was crazy. Right? Did you? Yo. I don't know if I can go back. Yeah. It's. <laughs> it's intense. It's intense. It was like intense. they really get like hit it hard. Mm-hmm. Like, yo. but just. The thing that amazed me the most about the memorial in the museum was the the things that they collected. Mm-hmm. Just everything, mm-hmm. right? Pretty much. Like, they collected everything and they were like, touch it. Yeah. Feel it. Smell it. Listen to it. Mm-hmm. Because this was such a tragic time in history mm-hmm. that we never want this to happen again. And so we want everyone who comes in here mm-hmm. to feel the same way. What did y'all, what did y'all get from it? 
Yeah. The same. I think the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. They wanted you to really know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was. I don't. It was deep. I don't know. There was a lot. A lot of stuff that I saw where I thought this is too much. Like I'm really glad I went, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I can go back. Right. I right. went to the the Holocaust Museum in DC. Mm-hmm. Did you see that mm-hmm. when you were there? Oh, I can't go back. Yeah. It's very similar, like the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the same message, like this happened. Yeah. Let's never let this happen again. Mm-hmm. And here's why, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, man. That's dope. Put that in the same box as like going to, without like again going to Ghana and going to the slave castle. Yeah. It's like that's in the same oh. box. Like when it comes to that experience, wow. and like just like, wow, yeah. <laughs> like wow, this yeah. is what happened. This is what one human did to another. Come on, man, that's crazy. That's it's crazy. That is. But dope. I will say, yeah. And so, going into senior year mm-hmm. at Garfield High School. Mm-hmm. You knew that you were going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, paint the picture of what that was like, and also thinking about um, what it was like for your peers and the folks around you um, in your school. Hmm. So, my mom and my dad went to Howard. Gotcha. Uh, they met there, oh. and uh, here, here. Their ergo, I'm here now. (laughs) And so they didn't finish. Mm -hmm. And so um, they came back. My mom moved back to Seattle. And so going in, I always knew. I always knew. I had the Howard Mm t-shirts. I had the Howard everything. I knew from jump I was going to Howard. There was nothing stopping me from going to Howard. The Mecca. Period. Period. I I think I applied to like one other. I think I applied to like, I applied to Morehouse and... I didn't even want to apply to Xavier. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Mm. I applied to UW in like Eastern Washington or something like that. <laughs> mm. But I knew, I was like, nah, all eggs in one basket. So going into senior year, I think I was a little more calm than everybody else because mm. I knew that. Mm. And I was like, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. I have no other options. And even if I don't get in, I will go to community college and transfer because I'm not doing anything else. Mm. Um, so... So yeah, I think I, I was a little bit calmer. Mm-hmm. We so again, I was in that program. African American yep. scholars turned urban scholars, and so they would always they would help us with college prep and applications and things like that. And so we would all be in a group doing it together. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it was fun. It was fun because we had the community around it. You know, we would go visit colleges. We would talk to colleges. People would come and you know, mm-hmm. talk to us and things like that. So it was like me and like all my friends just doing it together. Nice. And then they brought in people from UW to help us. And I remember this one brother. Um, that came and uh, he was just hella cool like helped me write my college essay and he would just like talk to me and be like yo this is how you should think about it this is how you should do Um, shout out to Miss Jenkins Miss Jenkins she used to be the uh, advisor up at Garfield she was always in our corner you know saying this is what you need to do this is what you need to do recommendations and you know because I was so active everybody knew me so I had Mm -hmm. recommendations Mr. LeBee up there you know Mr. Howard even um, you know and like I just, it just it was it was it was actually a very pleasurable experience for me because I just kind of went into it like very like very calm, nice. very calm. Um, nice. Although my my grades were not that good, mm. I felt that I had done so much in high school mm. that uh, 
that I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play to my strengths, you know, play mm-hmm. to my activities, yeah. and then, and then uh, we're gonna go from there. And then I did well in the SAT, so that it was like, okay, oh, nice. you know, I got the knowledge, yeah. you know, I just don't really do well in that structure, right? Um, which, which I think it, just, I was just very calm. Like my senior year, I was already gone. Like I was, my <laughs> senior body, writers. Yeah, yeah, I had senior writers. Bad. Like I said, like I really don't remember class any like, <laughs> any of my classes. I don't remember much because um, because I just had, I was all I was always doing activities, mm-hmm. and then I had already just like, I already mentally mentally left. Out. I had checked out. You already. Checked out okay. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So tell me about day one arriving at the Mecca. Man, I remember. <laughs> I remember because I remember exactly what I was wearing, man. Because I was wearing, <laughs> you know, I've always been a bigger brother, so it's like I was wearing these shorts, these cargo shorts, this black shirt with a black graphic tee, and then these like reflective black dunks. Very Seattle. And I were very Seattle. I had my locks. I had just, you know my locks. I just got them twisted up. I was feeling fresh. And I remember walking on that campus and immediately felt like a bum. <laughs> immediately felt like a bum. I remember I was like, what? I was like, oh, hold up. <laughs> These casters wearing. I remember. <sighs> oh, my goodness. These casters wearing suit and tie, like young cats. Young cats, suit and tie. You know what I'm saying? Shaved up. Nobody had locks at the time. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Except for DC pe- people that were from DC. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I hadn't even seen that yet. You know, I remember uh, the, the skinny jeans, like the, the not like the straight leg jeans with the tapered, mm-hmm. with the tapered calf. Sperry's. Oh my goodness! Oh, wow. Like, Cats wear Sperry's. What? <laughs> Brothers wear Sperry's. What is going on? Like, <laughs> where are we? What? Polo? You're wearing polo? I didn't even know brothers wore polo. Like, what are you doing? Like, the whole rugby swag, the little polo hats. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I remember immediately wow. feeling like a bum. But being excited as well. Just being super excited. Um, luckily for me, it was nine of us from Garfield that went, wow. that went to wow. Howard. Yeah, wow. so we all went. It was uh, one of my best friends. And it was... Uh, three other like six other girls mm. that got into Howard and we all came at the same time so that was good That's nice. it was good and bad mm. Um, mm. because it was good because I had that support right. and we all had the same experiences but it was bad because you know kind of we, we leaned on that right, right. we leaned on that and kind of mm. was hard to meet new people so yeah, I remember that first day just being like, I remember we still have the picture too, so it was just all happy. Just <laughs> I need that boom, too. Boom, boom, boom. But then after you get there, and then, you know, my mom and my pops, they drop me off in the dorm. And, you know, I'm staying in Drew Hall, which is the, the hall that everybody wants to stay yeah. in. It's Drew Hall. It's Drew Hall. Bye, you mom, know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace out, you know. And then, so then I remember, so then you go, you meet your roommate. Um, my roommate was cool. We didn't end up kicking it like that, actually. Because mm. um, I was in business school, and he was in band, and he was in the music program, so we would, like always had two different lives. Mm. And he was hella busy mm. all the time. And so um, we all gathered up in the gym. They gathered us up in the gym, um, in, the bottom of, uh, in the bottom of the gym, and then you meet a heck of different freshmen and all that stuff, and then they bring you out into the field, right? And then everybody in the school, like, people in the school that are there already, they're in the stands, they're just like, ah, 
And it was like all this room. We're all walking into the field like, yo, this is Howard. We're walking yeah. into the football field. Yo, this is Howard. Like, we're all in They put us into the stand. And we all go into the stands. I remember the first couple people I met. Um, they were just talking to us like, welcome to Howard. Blah, 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 blah. And then you break up. And then you meet these campus pals, which is the people that kind of uh, that kind of aids you into mm-hmm. the um, into the culture of power yeah. and so you go into those meetings you meet new people and it was yeah. just crazy it was just all around crazy and it's that freshman week yeah. they have a lot of events they have all these parties mm-hmm. and then yeah it was Listen. yo I was wow yo what see I, what black people uh, what yo, everywhere everywhere educated black people everywhere, everywhere. what so I remember what you were talking about before we started you know that idea of hey I can go party on the weekends and then still get straight A's. So that idea for me was reserved for white people. Then you get here and it's like, hold up, what? You're, oh man, you're, you're, you're getting these 4.0s, but they're still, you know, getting lit on the weekends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And coming into class and really banging it out. And I was like, oh wow, I didn't know. I didn't know we did that. <laughs> I, I didn't know we did. I didn't know we did that. Um, but yeah. What was that experience like? Culturally, being in D.C., being at Howard. It was interesting. It was a culture shock. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I had never really been. I thought it was going to be easy being around, you know, uh, all black people all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it was a culture shock at first. You know, for my self-image, you know, just being, like I said, being a bigger, bigger brother my whole life. I always had self-image issues or things like that. And so just kind of working on that going through college and uh, just finding my place also going from being like the one into being the mini Mm -hmm. and so that was a change as well for me uh, actually having to prove myself Mm -hmm. so that was a change for me and then also I thought I really did think that going to Howard would fix my would fix my attitude around education Mm -hmm. around structured education and it didn't and so that was an interesting thing to learn and to and to realize out there is because that so I realized that okay this it really is me it really is me it really it's something that I it's a mental thing that I have to change and so I didn't realize that until a little bit too late that I going to Howard kind of gave me that perspective mm-hmm. and then also it just like going to Howard I always tell people that like you didn't have to be black anymore you know what I'm saying you were just a person you were mm-hmm. just you know you're walking around like it was more than that it was like oh no you're from New Jersey and that's your culture because you're from New Jersey. You're from Atlanta, and that's your culture because you're from Atlanta. Or you're from the Caribbean, which we have no type of connection to out here in Seattle. Right, right. But, like, you get that whole Caribbean, you know, Trinidad, Jamaica, Bahamas, Barbados. And then, right. like, you and then you start to talk, you know, and get into those cultures and things like that. And it's like, wow, there's more. And then, then you have all the West Africans, which... I mean, we do now, but West African culture is not really prevalent here in Seattle. Right, right, Again, right. it is out there, so it's like, wow, like you got all of these things, and then you get to meet new people, and then you realize it's more, like it's just like, like a cultural thing. It's like this is, uh, it, you realize how much more culture is important mm. than actual race. Mm. And it's like, okay, mm. I see, I see now. And right. it's just to be able to, I'll say, Again, like it strips away. I feel like Howard strips away at you know having to deal with racism, but then it also makes you deal with yourself. 
right. in that in that in that in that setting. It makes you now you can then look and identify your core your core your core values and your core mm. personality traits, and then identify, recognize, and then work on those things. Right. Yeah. That's oh, that's what it did for me. Right. I'll say. Where did you find community? Everywhere, man. Like Howard was big on community. Howard, it was like they had community for communities. <laughs> <laughs> they had a group for every single solitary thing. Like, uh, you know, first you get into Drew Hall, and so they make they they really want you to. Like, your your brother's a Drew Hall, so you know you're Drew Hall. You know we had the stroll team, the step team. So it's like for the dorm, and so you find community in that. And then I was in business school. And then they, they, they break you up into uh, groups. And so then they, you find community into that. So you're in a cohort. You're in like a group. You're a business team. And then you guys make presentations together. You guys kick it a lot together. And then mm-hmm. so you find community in that. And then you have like your Seattle club. So you have community in that. And then for me, it was like the radio. When I did that, there was community in that. And it was like then it was just a lot of different things, like a lot of small things that you could just involve yourself in. Mm-hmm all the time and it's just like you can really find anything that suits you out there especially now like Howard's changed so I mean Howard's always changing but I feel like the students take a lot of uh, initiative when it comes to like creating groups for things that they like and so you can always find that Mm -hmm. and people would kill me Mm -hmm. if I didn't ask you about the infamous Howard homecoming ooh yeah, man. You know, it's funny because I don't think I'm going. I'm going this October, and so I just I I never really did it right. I never did it right. My first year, I ended up just being I just went too hard, and so, so I ended up <laughs> being sick the whole weekend, like the sickest I've ever been in my life. Like, a little bit I of malaria. Never, a little bit. Of, <laughs> yeah. A little bit of malaria. Yo, pretty much, yeah. I <laughs> caught that malaria back. <laughs> right, right, right. I think the rest of it came along. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, so, that was the first year. I went to the Step Show. I was cracking, man. Yeah. Step Show Yard Fest was crazy. You see all these beautiful people just sitting in the middle of the yard. You know, all the, all the you know, all the performances and stuff like that. So What about Seattle culture did you bring to... DC, or did you find yourself bringing to DC, or that, yeah. or was there anything that distinctively Seattle that people pointed out for you outside of uh, the outfits and the in the in <laughs> the t-shirts? Huh. I think it was the open. I think I think it was the open-mindedness mm-hmm. and and the love that we have here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think you know people aren't used to that, so it's like you know, I think Seattle people largely are open arms when it comes to meeting new people. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not actually kick it with them very often because, mm-hmm. you know, we be off in our own world. Mm-hmm. But when they see you, it's all love. So when mm-hmm. we see you, it's all love. And I think that the energy that you bring is like the general disposition. I think people are attracted to that and they love it. So it's like whenever, like, yeah, I met a dude from Seattle before. Hella cool. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that it's just like that kind of culture just being like, hey, what's going on? And yeah. just being really, really positive yeah. this is that positive energy and just like having that 
through and through. When you're walking down the street and you pass by a stranger, do you mm. make eye contact and smile? All the time. So did you do that at Howard? And people yeah. were like, what are you doing? That's yeah. weird. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're not from here, are you? Yeah, no, you're, you're from You're me. from somewhere else. Yeah, you're going to know me. Yeah, you're gonna know me. It's like it's just you're not. I don't. I don't. I don't give you very much of an option. So it's like if I see you more than once, mm-hmm. then I feel like I know you already. <laughs> so I'll be like, "Yo, what's good? Yo, how you doing?" And 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 just that's just how it is. Like I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people who are from here are like that as well. Mm-hmm. I think uh, just being like, "Hey, you know." So. How did DC uh, culture influence you moving forward? The way you have to be direct out mm. there and not beat around the bush or not try to infer what you're saying, it makes you think about things a little differently. So you have to say what you want, when you want it, and how you want it. Mm. And you have to communicate with yeah. that type of yeah. with that type of uh, energy. So it's like I think that definitely it gave me a little more drive. It gave me a little bit more, um, a little more edge. Seattle is very passive aggressive. Seattle is very passive. <laughs> DC is not passive at all. No, no. East, East Coast, Coast, East Coast, Coast. Coast. yeah, East Coast, yeah. East Coast. Nah, nah. very straightforward. Nah, nah. Like, are you mad at me? No, just, no, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> don't have time. Why yeah. do you have time? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just like the. It's like the. I said the East Coast, man. It's just people move like with assertion everywhere mm-hmm. you know it's like if you're walking you're walking yeah. with a purpose yep. right. you know what I'm saying if you're driving you're driving to go somewhere unlike out here you're driving just to drive <laughs> right. cruising yeah <laughs> it's like huh I think I'll look at some flowers right now like right. come on bro like <laughs> we got places to be so uh, yeah. did you graduate I did not okay I did not and um I ended up so I I, I have one year left mm-hmm. and I'm sad, but I'm not because, again, I, it came back to the point of I realized that formal education is just not the structure in which I learned the best. Mm. And so even though I went there with the purpose for finishing for my parents, I realized it's not I, I couldn't do it mm. because sitting in a class and listening to somebody talk is just not the way that I learned. I learn by doing things. I learn by experiences and then being able to take those experiences and then read about them, then look for what I want to know and then learn and then learn everything else that has to do with it. So I'm more do it, see if it works. All right. What didn't work about what I just did? And now let me read up about how I can make that better. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I learned. And so um, I ended up leaving Howard my junior year um, at the end of my junior year and going to work in the restaurant industry. And so that was a lot of my DC experience too. So like just getting out and working within different restaurants, bartending, managing things like that. And so um, that took me took me on a different path, mm-hmm. and I learned a lot. I mm-hmm. learned a lot about the industry, and I knew that I always wanted to be in the food industry. I knew going into Howard, it was on my Howard application that I was going to go to Howard, get my education, stay out there for a few years, and then come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always my my my, my plan. So okay. I just knew and I wanted to get that experience. So I went out and uh, started working at restaurants. So you knew you'd always that. come back to Seattle. Yeah. Sorry oh, to yeah. cut you off. Yeah, no, it's cool. I always I changed. <laughs> I almost changed my mind because I got into a relationship. You know, I was like, oh, I'm in love. You I'm, know, in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm gonna stay out here forever <laughs> <laughs> and be in love. But no, nah, even then, we both knew that uh, I was gonna end up coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, one of my biggest gripes about Seattle is all the dope people leave. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. All the dope people leave mm. are all the people that you knew that were doing things. They went to college and never came back. Yeah. And True, so yeah. um, it just especially is like. Especially black folks. Especially black folks. Yeah. It's like, man, like, you know, who, you know, who's going to be the example for the next generation? Who's going to be able to say, hey, I'm doing some dope stuff. Let's, you know. You let's know, like, yeah, Thanks. let's connect. So, I think that's changing now because I see a lot of dope stuff happening out here now. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, we shall see. That that brown girl cooks, man. Yeah, it was it was it. I grew up. My mom, uh, Christy Christy Brown, she uh, she owned a catering company. It was that brown girl catering at the time? And so I used to do that a lot too. So I used to skip school just to go work for her mm-hmm. and uh, go on catering jobs, deliver catering jobs. I learned how to drive on catering jobs. <laughs> so that's why I drive very crazy right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I um, so yeah, I, I, I always loved it. I always loved the industry. I always knew that, you know, I saw the value in the brand. I liked the name, the name and I knew... You know, I knew that she was a dope chef, and I never wanted to cook, ever. But I always wanted to run the business side. Mm. And so um, I was like, yeah, we gonna, we just going to make it work. And so I went out to college, and I mean, I studied hospitality management. My dream was to come back and build up the business, open up my own restaurant, and do that. And so I just always, that's just, yeah, so that's just been the plan. That's just, that's yeah, I would, like... Because it really is exciting. Like, I was excited about it. I was like, damn, I see where we can go. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even matter because at the time when I decided this, we weren't even we weren't even making hummus. Mm. And so um, she closed the business down my senior year of high school. And so I was kind of sad because it was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? So, yeah. But then, like, it was the year before, like, six months before I came back. No, a year before I came back, she talked about the hummus. I was like, what? I don't know. You can't see my facial expression, but mm. I was like, "What do you? Who eats hummus and why? Like, what, 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 are, what, are, you, what are you doing? Like, who? Who? Why are you gonna make hummus? Like, I knew, but I mean, she's always been making it, the black IP hummus, and people always loved it. But I was like, okay, but it ain't that special, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, you know, so I ended up going out, and I remember I came back from my uncle's wedding, and I remember I told my girlfriend before I left. My girlfriend at the time before I left, I was like, yo, what would it, you know, how would you feel if I moved back? I just wanted, I wanted to build, I wanted to build it up. I, okay. wanted, to, I wanted it to become a staple for my family, you know. Give us the rundown of what is That Brown Girl Cooks. <laughs> um, what we call, we call That Brown Girl Cooks is a culinary collective. It's a, it's a, it's a collective of ideas, inspirations. We take our collective experiences and bring them back to the communities we serve um and so basically you know we're visionaries so we go we like to we like to collect all types of different experiences. we go out to eat somewhere we'll go you said i'm big on travel so i'm gonna i'm gonna travel somewhere i'm gonna take that experience i'm gonna take this experience i'm gonna you know think about it in my mind and then we're gonna come up with a concept and then bring it back here and feed it to you you know, and so we, although hummus, so we make hummus out of black eyed peas and sell it in stores. Mm. Um, we, in natural food markets like PCC, Whole Foods, um, Central Co-op, um, and, but we also do catering, um, food events and things like that. And then she also teaches cooking classes um, and we're getting into some media production as well. 
Nice. And so we want to be pretty much a full service kind of food brand um, that we that kind of just involves various aspects within the culinary industry. That's what's up, mm-hmm. man. That's what's up. Yeah. I need to talk to you about catering after. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Listen, she was she was like, oh, is he going to bring samples? I was should've, like, I, I, I don't know. And then I, and then I sorry, lied. I was, like, I'm a, I'm a, I was like, I'm going to stop by Central Co-op and I'm going to grab some just, just for the podcast. Man, I, I got well, it. I got it. I so, um... There was, what was it, the open house for this? Shelf yeah. Life Open House. And yeah. there was some, and so my friend and I were like, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was delicious. Yeah. Like, Thank what? You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What, um, so what are the different flavors? And then how do people, how do people reach out? So we, uh, the different, we have an original, which is a Cajun profile. And so we have our own blend of seasonings. It's, uh. It's a black, so it's black-eyed peed hummus, mm. and so we basically took out the garbanzo. Hummus is usually made with garbanzo, and so we switched it up. Uh, so that story behind, actually, the story there's a story behind that. Okay. And so my mom used to work at Kingfish, so if oh. D, yeah, yep. Kingfish, yeah. Uh, which okay. is like one of the uh, a very historic soul food restaurant, specifically because of the the decor and the upscale nature in which mm-hmm. they presented themselves. Yeah. And so, yeah, Kingfish was very, very much a staple for a long time. And so she started there, she started off there and her head chef at the time was like, Hey, I want you to meld some cultures. <laughs> <laughs> so she took black eyed peas, you know, a staple in the Southern, you know, West Africa, staple in West Africa, India, and in Southern cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mixed it with hummus. So for the original is we take the black eyed peas our own blend of spices, it's Cajun spices, a mild pepper sauce, mm. and then the rest of it is normal hummus, so tahini, nice. lemon, garlic. Mix that up. And then our other flavor, which is slow burn, is uh, Ethiopian inspired. Oh. So, I mean, being from Seattle, you mm. know, growing up in the CD, you know, yeah. that roll on cherry, you know, yeah. we were all, I grew, yeah. I grew up eating Ethiopian food my whole life. Okay. And so it's like, okay. You know, we love Bear Bear. We love, you know, lamb tibs. And so Bear Bear is like a, a very earthy uh, spice. Mm-hmm. I'll call it the East African Cajun. Because <laughs> it is. It really is like just a blend of East African spices. And um, so we take that and it's that what is that's what comprises the slow burn nice. is uh is uh ethiopian bear bear nice we're gonna have yeah, to get permission much. from christy yeah. brown yeah otherwise we may have to take all of this <laughs> out of the podcast said, oh, Dave, no. damon hopped on a podcast and giving away the secret <laughs> recipes oh no no you good you're God. good you're good <laughs> yeah we also do have we also have a curry flavor that's what we're gonna do we're gonna Ooh put out in the summertime nice um but it's gonna be called hot fire can people only get the hummus and the products here in seattle or can they get them like if i live in the south end or if mm-hmm. i live out of the state like how do i get my hands on on products for right now so south end i mean anywhere in the, in in this in a seattle metropolitan area including okay. like kent federal way hey, tacoma to things like that or like Greenwood, you can get it like Eastern, anywhere in like the metropolitan area, you can get it. So, if you're in the South End, I say Marley's Market um, in Federal Way or in Tacoma. Yeah. Um, and East Side, the PCCs and the Whole Foods um, and things like that. Okay. Um, if you're out of state, we're, we're not there yet. Okay. Uh, we're, we're working on it. We're working on the shipping. It just takes a lot for us to kind of build that up yep. and yep. make it cost effective. Um, yeah. But 
Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. And links will be in the description. Yeah. yeah. Check us out. Uh, Thatbrongocooks.com. Yes. Thatbrongo.com. Yes. Um, and all of our information is on there if you want to know more about catering and things like that. Yes. Too. Tell us more about how folks can get y'all to mm-hmm. um, cater at their events and what types of catering do y'all do? So, um, again, just check us out. My information is on under the contact uh, section and all catering inquiries just come through there. Nice. Um, and so for the type of catering, we do all different types. A lot of the catering we get right now is from nonprofits. <laughs> and so we definitely have, we like to just craft a menu that's going to be cost effective for you, um, but also kind of give you a variety and something for like small bites and things like that. We do do full service catering. Nice. Um, and like our, what we call our kind of a catering style is like Seattle soul. Mm-hmm. So basically it's the idea that we take being from Seattle, we are exposed to various cultures and various influencers um, throughout the world. And so, and it's something that we eat on the, like, often. Mm -hmm. And so we take all of those influences and kind of put them in. So you might, we'll find, you know, you might see some, uh, again, Ethiopian food on there. You might see some, like, be, like, inspired. We're not going to just drink Jack the recipe, but... (laughs) Inspired by Ethiopian food, inspired by Vietnamese food, inspired by Chinese, Japanese food, right. things like that. And then we um, we bring it into our catering and kind of just display that. That's what's up. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I have ideas churning. Yeah. Man, this has been this has been super dope. This has been super dope. And yeah, I appreciate I, you, even the connection through what y'all are doing as far as preserving not only black culture mm-hmm. through African Americans through East African culture but also through other cultures um, that are in, that inspire the food that the foods that y'all cook mm-hmm. and when I think about culture food is at the center of so many different mm-hmm. cultures yes. and so yep. yo thank you please yeah. Yeah, uh, thank you so much yes and and so follow the links in the description where you'll be able to find that brown girl cooks Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So thank you. Thank you for what you do uh, in the city. Thank you for for what you do to our stomachs. Uh, And thank you for being on No Blueprint. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? This is Damon Bomar coming to you live from the Shelf Life Studios, uh, representing That Brown Girl Cooks, representing Seattle, and representing the Central District. Thank you for having me. All right.